Jesse tutted and pushed past him, towards a door that Gilchrist assumed opened to the kitchen. Belle turned and followed her, Gilchrist behind them. Where the exterior of the house was immaculate, the kitchen was a different matter. Pots and pans piled high in a scum-lined sink, crusts of burned toast and the remains of other food littered the draining basin. Empty tins of baked beans sat on the granite tops, some on their sides, dribbling the last of their contents down the cupboard doors. The air was thick enough to taste, and a smell that left a coating on the tongue had Gilchrist pressing the back of his hand to his nose. "'Bloody hell!' Jesse said, and snapped open a window. Fresh air rushed in. Bell stepped towards a circular oak table, bare feet squelching on sticky linoleum. An opened bottle of ginger beer lay on its side in the corner. He shoved aside a stack of books and hastily scraped together a haphazard pile of loose papers. Then he looked at Gilchrist, papers hugged to his chest. "'Let's try the front lounge,' Gilchrist said. Without a word, Bell walked from the kitchen. In the lounge, other than the opening of the blinds, the room looked as if Bell had not set foot in it. Cushions sat plumped up on a crinkle-free settee, as if untouched since their last cleaning. Two crystal vases stood on a glass-topped coffee table, lily and rose petals scattered around them like crinkled scraps. On a shelf by the rear window, a devil's ivy drooped to the floor, its yellowed leaves as crisp as dried paper. "'How long have you lived here, Mr. Bell?' Gilchrist asked. Bell was standing at the window again. A fierce-eyed eagle spread its wings across his upper back, yellow beak open, talons splayed, feathers fluttering from the rippling of his muscles. Bell might be high on drugs, but he was in excellent physical shape. Gilchrist let a silent ten seconds pass before saying, "'I don't like repeating myself.' "'A month,' Bell said. Give or take. These papers you're holding, Mr. Bell, what are they? He detected a tensing in Bell's stance. Jessie took a step closer to Bell. Are you hiding something? she asked him. Bell turned suddenly and held the papers out to Gilchrist. From where Gilchrist stood, the penciled triangles and trapeziums and numbers for angles reminded him of his geometry classes in secondary school but he kept his arms at his sides. "'Studying maths?' he said. "'It took over three hundred years for Fermat's last theorem to be solved. "'Where were you last night?' Gilchrist interrupted, and watched calculated cunning slide behind Bell's eyes. "'Why?' "'Just answer the question.' Bell pulled his papers back to his chest. "'I was here.' "'Alone?' Yes. Did you go out at all? Where to? That's what I'm asking. I had a couple of pints. Like pulling teeth, Gilchrist thought. Where? Golf Hotel. The Golf Hotel was at the other end of town, but an image of Bell seated in the lounge having a jovial pint did not materialize. The bar? he asked. Where else? What's that? Jessie asked, and nodded to Bell's papers. But Bell ignored her. 
kept his eyes on Gilchrist. Looks like there's some photos in that lot, she persisted. Bell tightened his grip on the bunched papers. Jessie smiled. Headshots of Fermat, are they? Gilchrist eyed the papers, but from where he stood, all he could see were scribbled pages. Like to show us, he said to Bell, and held out his hand. Bell pulled the pages tighter. We can apply for a warrant, Gilchrist reasoned. Something seemed to settle over Bell at these words, but as he relaxed his grip, first one photograph, then another, slipped from the loosening pages. He tried to catch them, but only made matters worse as other scribbled pages and coloured prints fluttered to the carpet. Jessie reached down and retrieved a photograph. She stared at it for several seconds, then said, What's this got to do with Fermat's last theorem?